I'm Cray Beaumont Flynn. Welcome to Beyond the Design, a show that gives you a peek behind the curtain of the design industry and shares the stories of those that are the driving force behind it. Well, welcome to Beyond the Design. Today, we have the pleasure of being joined with Kate Lester of Kate Lester Interior Design. Welcome to the show, Kate. Thank you for having me. So why don't we just go ahead and start off and have you share your journey and how you got interested in the field of interior design. I love it. I was telling my daughter this morning that I was going to be on a podcast while we were having breakfast and she's like, oh, first question, how'd you get started? <laughs> um, which I thought was really funny because she knew, you know, I exactly. made my family listen to these podcasts, right? And she's right. like, I could answer that for you. Um, so yes, let's start with that question. Um, my journey was probably like everyone else's, right? Like no one, I guess, you know, I mean, I am young, you know, I'm only 18, but I feel (laughs) like most people my age didn't get started wanting to be a designer because back then there wasn't really a, I'm going to be a designer thing like it is now. Um, I was going to be a business lady. I didn't know how I was just going to wear like power suits and I was going to do something where I could transition my outfit from day to night, you know, like Cosmo used to say, um, and I was just going to work in the business world. Right. I just knew that I wanted to make money and just really do something businessy. So I went to business school at USC, uh, fight on and Mm -hmm. I worked into in corporate America, right? That was where it was at. That's where I was going to make money and I was going to play with the big boys and make power moves and I was going to be super rich. Um, so I graduated, I had a corner office and immediately realized like, oh my God, I hate this. I'm making money. <laughs> I have like this cute little BMW. I've got my little power suit, you know, and I just like hated my life. I'm 25 years old and I'm like, this is, I can't believe I'm going to do this for the rest of my life. This is horrific. You know, right, um, right. they don't mention that in business school yeah, that you're going to exactly. hate your life like in two years. Right. <laughs> so I realized pretty quickly that wasn't for me. And I spent more time sitting in that office being like, God, if I change this pink color, like it would be great in here. So I remember telling my mom, I'm going to quit my job. And I think I'm just going to like bartend until I figure out what I'm going to do. And my mom is kind of a hippie and she was like, oh, good, find your joy, you know. And my grandparents were like, what the fuck? Like, no, (laughs) like you can't do that. You know, like you have a great job. You can't do that. They were from the Depression era, right? So they're like, no. Um, And I'm like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. So I did. Um, And I quit my job and I bartended and I went back to school for interior architecture because I knew that like I wasn't going to be a pillow fluffer if I was going to do this. I needed to learn how to like read business plans and I was going to go all in, right? If I was going to be a designer or be something creative, which is kind of what I wanted to do, I needed to do it right. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to like play with the big boys in that sense, right? I wasn't just going to like pick people's paint colors. Right. So I did. (laughs) And I bartended and I put myself through school because even though my mom was a hippie, she was like, I'm not paying for your second round of school, right? You're on your own, kid. (laughs) Yeah. So I did. And I just, um, I went and I, I sold furniture at Ethan Allen for a while. I worked for other designers. I did, you know, I did a lot of really humbling things, making like no money an hour while I was also bartending. I had like three or four jobs at a time sometimes, you know, really humbling knowing that I was making like six figures out of college 
Right, you know, right. So I was like getting people coffee who were not porter as popper. Smart as me, you know? and, <laughs> yeah, and so it was really humbling experience. I think going into the design world, knowing that I could do all these people's taxes and I could probably you know invest their money or whatever, but it was knowing that I had to change these careers and that they knew more about me than at another um, subject was mm. was really great. And so I learned a lot about everything on a fast track and I did drop out of design school once I realized like, okay, I need to learn AutoCAD. I need to learn how to read building plans. I kind of figured out like what I needed to learn to work for a super high-end designer mm-hmm. and get the job, right? Um, and I figured out what those things were. I took those classes. I nailed those things. And then I got the job at like a high-end design firm and fast-tracked in there. And then it was like off to the races. Time to make money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then learn on the job. Because we all right, know that right. like, you know, once you have your foundation and your skills, your basic skills of the things you know to get that job, you really learn on the job. Yeah, because um, you want to make your mistakes with somebody else's money, not your own, right? Right. So, um, <laughs> so you really do. So that was it. Was a, a really interesting endeavor, but I I always credit my knowledge of you know business and my background in business school and um, my love of business and making money and um, to making me more successful in my right. creative industries. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you say that because a lot of uh, the people that I've talked to that are designers in essence always had another career that they started with that brought them to their current career it was something that they had to do because they had to make money and they had to be professional but the creative aspect was pushed aside until it's like you know what i'm gonna go for it and just just do it right and i mean i really think that you know i've seen a lot of super creative talented designers go out of business because Mm -hmm. they don't know how to make money doing what they're good at Right. Um, that are, they're probably more talented than I am, right? But I know how to make money doing what I love so I can stay in business. So it's right. a really interesting concept that you have to be talented, but you also know how to need to know how to make money doing what you're talented at. So You have to be business savvy. You do, because it, it's still a business no mm-hmm. matter what you do. So, um, And they don't really teach you that in design school either. So they are like, oh, here's a color wheel. And I'm like, how do I write a fucking contract? Like, thank (laughs) God I know how to do that from from business school, right? Like, how do I charge hourly? Like, how do you get a... How do you get a resale certificate? Like, and they're like, here's how you paint. And I'm just like, what? You know, so I think it's, you know, we're they kind of set you up at a disadvantage in in this world. And so yeah, I think you have to have kind of have both. Right, right. What are some of the key factors uh, you consider when designing a space to ensure that there's a functionality and aesthetics? And is there a Kate Lester uh, a Kate Lester design aesthetic that you try to push, or is it about the client? I think for us, yes, we have so many rules, and I mean, in the end, it's always about the client. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, I, you know, I think so often when you're working with a client, you know, they, of course we want them to have input, but if they had great taste, they wouldn't need us. Right. True. (laughs) Um, So, you know, we do want, we want to learn them. We want to take the time and energy to ask all those pointy questions. How are you going to use the space? 
who's going to live here? How do you really live here? Because often they lie to you. You know, they're like, well, we're going to do this and this. And you're like, shut up. That's not really how you live. I can see that. You know, like, how are you really going to live here? You know, what do you really do? You eat in front of the TV, don't you? Don't lie to me. You know, <laughs> um, so we want to be, we want them to be honest because if we want to, I can create a beautiful space. Even if you eat in front of the TV, you don't have to lie to me. Right. Right. So right. we want to make sure that we set them up with systems and processes that like, will create successful living spaces for them, even if they have these secrets they don't want to tell us, right? Mm -hmm. So um, I think that, but what's most important to me is that we're creating these spaces that are interesting, that it doesn't look like everyone else's house. So that if you went to their neighbor's house, it's not the same art and same carpets. And people are like, oh, okay, Lester's been here, you know? Right. Um, so I really want it to feel like, it's them, but it's like a way cooler, more interesting version of them. So mm -hmm. that has been collected over time and that we just help them be their best self. Um, so I think that's what's sometimes lacking um, when people are decorating. The spaces just feel like decorated and they don't feel like the people that live there. And right, right. so to me, that's really important. I want it to tell a story. I want it to have interesting art and carpets and accessories and things that you know i don't want it to feel like the pillows match the drapery and then it's just really pretty i want right. it to feel rad and i want people to ask like why what is this piece of art what is this lamp you know i want to spark a conversation and i want i would rather people went in there and were like i didn't like that and at least they're talking about it you know right. then people just went in and walked out and were like yeah i guess it was pretty whatever and then they forgot about it so I think that's our aesthetic is you either like it or you don't, but I don't care because you're talking about it. And I how do you, right? how do you steal those clients? They have the cookie cutter design that have all their, their clippings and they want this just like, you know, when you go get a haircut yeah. and, you, and people yeah. take that image, I want this. It's like, well, right. is that your lifestyle? Is that you? Or you just want that cookie cutter life? Well, I think if they come to us, first of all, we don't usually get people who want cookie cutter, right? Because mm -hmm. they're looking at what we're doing and they're like, they don't really come to us if they want that. And then when they come to us and they hand us cookie cutter, I'm like, look, I'm too expensive for a cookie cutter, right? Like right. you can go down the street or around a corner or anywhere else and you can pay half the price for this, right? So let's throw this away and let's do something 10 times better than this. We can do better than this. We can knock this out of the park because you can go to Pottery Barn and get this for free, right? Right. So like, <laughs> let's throw this away and let's like, blow everybody's mind by something 100 times better right so i think right. when you tell people like we can do better than this they're like okay let's do it like my job is to make you uncomfortable if i'm not making you uncomfortable then i'm not doing my job because if i if you give me ideas and i just say yes then mm -hmm. that you don't need me right right, right. Yeah. So it's just like when my hair guy is like, I think we should cut three inches, then we're going to do this weird thing. And I'm just like, oh, no. That, yes, <laughs> that's right. Right? Like, if he just did what I said, then I'm paying him $600 to cut my hair for nothing. I just go to, like, super cuts. Right? right? He's supposed to be, like, on the forefront of the trends, making me uncomfortable. So I think that... That's what I want. I want someone who's ahead of the game being like this. If it's in a magazine, it's three years old. We already did yeah. it. We shot it. We built it. Don't show me that shit. Like I got something that is like, don't worry about it. Something brand new that's going to be in a magazine in three years. That's what we're doing for Right. So you are going to start the trend. You're going to you start the conversation. The you are the trend. And right. that's why you're paying us an godly amount of money to we, you are going to be the trend. Right. So, so like, trust the process.
So what is what is your process when you have a new client? Oh my God, it's so scary. It's so many rules. Like we always say that, you know, if I write a book, it's going to be called, this is not a collaboration because it's really <laughs> not, right? Like, you know, you come to us, most of our clients are very affluent. They're busy. They come to us and yes, we want to learn them. Yes, we want to work with them. We want to know everything, how they're going to use the space, but they don't really come to us with like a binder of clippings or a Pinterest file. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're like, I bought this piece of land. I like you. I have two kids. I'll see you in three years. Right? Like, like to be honest, right? Like they give us some direction. They're like, here's my kids ages. You know, we're thinking this is going to be like sort of modern. We like what you do. Here's our budget generally. And then we have some meetings and then we roll. Right? So, and our process is kind of that, like we don't go shopping with the clients. Um, we do a presentation where we design the entire home at one time. We don't give options. Um, if we do the designs and things need to be tweaked or changed or they don't like certain things, that's fine. But imagine if you give three options for everything and then right. what we'll happens? Like it's, a, yeah. it's like, a how does that work? Can you imagine right. endless possibilities? So, you know, I think you want to present to your clients the confidence that you feel about your design. Like, mm-hmm. you know, there aren't three right choices. There's one right choice. And yeah. it's what I designed for you because I'm exactly. an expert. So yeah. I think when you're, when you have the confidence in the design aesthetic that you designed for them, they will have that confidence in your design as well. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it takes a lot, you know, it's not like we do it overnight. It takes a lot of time and energy and I have a great team and um, we all work together. It's a very, it's a very cohesive, you know, um, family that we have and, and, um, we do a lot of research and things like that, but, but really it's, you know, you, you want the clients to trust your process and that there is a process and that is the way it works. And we do, we do it all at once for the build phase. And then we do it all at once for the furnishings phase. And then we install everything at once and we do a reveal and that's the way it works. And some people that makes them uncomfortable and that means they're probably not the right fit for us. And we're okay with that. And, you know, that some people want to be more involved and they might mm-hmm. not be the right fit. They want to go shopping and that's okay. Um, that's like my worst nightmare is like shopping all day with someone. <laughs> like I don't even want to go shopping with my own kid or my husband. Like, so I can't imagine shopping with a client. So, you know, like my mom and I don't go shopping together. Like that's just not my jam. So, you know, we pick everything so like we it takes so much time and energy to put those schemes together mm-hmm. we lay everything out on these huge tables like it's not like a shopping thing we don't just like go and pick one thing at a time it is just we don't design in a vacuum you know it's everything's thought out so meticulously so i just think um it, it's so much time and energy and thought is put into these design concepts that I think uh, we're thinking about light, we're thinking about, you know, the way, the way that the transom brings in the light and is shining on the tile. Like, you know, just mm-hmm. you can't just like go pick it off the, the shelf, you know? Right, so right. It is a really interesting way that it works for us and it, it's our process. And I think as you get older and, and more set in your ways and, you know, of course you get more prestigious, like you're just more confident to say to people, this is our process and it works. And I, you know, I understand it's uncomfortable for you. It just works for us and it really produces a great product and you know, it is what it is. Is there a um, specific uh, project or a highlighted project that you can think of that really challenged you both creatively and that you have, how, how, how did you overcome those challenges? I mean, I think any 
anytime that somebody comes to you and you really want the project, right? Like they're like, mm -hmm. oh, you know, I have this great house right on the beach and it's going to be, a, you know, they send you the plans and you're like, oh my God, I really want this. It's going to be so great. And then they're challenging your process, right? They're saying like, well, but I don't want to, you know, line number four in your client agreement. I don't want to do that. Or, right, right. You know, and then you have to stand up for your process. It's always hard. You just, it's because it's, you have to remind yourself to be you and say, this works, this works for me. Right. So, and I think that's what I constantly talk about on panels and with other designers and say, you know, you have to stick to your process and just say, well, you have to be willing to walk away, which is so hard if you're a creative and you really want the job. Right. Because you know, you're like, oh, I can, I can make this house so freaking rad. Like I right. could be an architectural digest. This is my cover. <laughs> I freaking want this, you know. And then sometimes you have to be willing to walk away. And and you have to be willing to say they may not come back, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I, d I had, did that happen to me. A wonderful woman, beautiful double lot on the ocean. Uh, you know, she said, well, I'm just really, I just really can't wait to collaborate with someone. And I was like, ooh. And that's one of my words that's just, that's my red flag, right? <laughs> that's not a beige flag. That's a red flag. And I said, ooh, uh, you know, I'm not really a collaborator. It's really more of a, you know, I love to meet with you, learn you. And then you sort of let me do my process. And she was like, uh. So we kind of went back and forth. And I realized, like, Ooh, this isn't going to work. And so I said, well, you think about it, but this is my process and I don't really budge on it. And, you know, it's just, it, it turns out beautiful product and everything that, you know, you saw the architectural digest that I was in and that's mm -hmm. what brought you to me. And that was my process. And so right. I'm firm on that. And she didn't come back and I didn't get the job and I was really sad. But then that issue also brought me another really incredible client in, in you know, somewhere else. And mm -hmm. that really was like, I love your process. You sound like an incredible business person. I actually don't have a house yet, but I'm gonna hire you because I'm looking for a house. And when I find the house, I just wanna make sure I've already retained you. Like, hello, what an incredible- Hey, perfect. Like, perfect. <laughs> right. Okay, like, and hello, dream client. Okay, great. So you wanna leave room for those people because they're out there. So yeah. I think just knowing that don't settle for those like red or red flags or you know even mm -hmm. like pink flags you just wait for those great people who are like i don't even have a house yet but i love you so yeah. so most of your projects are residential are they within the california area or you they, you know venture they outward are. we venture outward though i mean we will go we'll go wherever a lot of our clients have second homes mm -hmm. um and then we do get inquiries you know a lot obviously we have a big following on instagram so we get we get inquiries from all other places. If people are willing to send the jet, we will go. Right. So, right. um, yes, we have a project in Mammoth Lakes, you know, up North in California, we've had projects in New York. We've had projects, um, in Florida, we've had projects in Mexico. So we've had projects everywhere. I think if it makes sense, we'll do it. We're not doing mm -hmm. it just to do it. Right. So right. we've had projects in Michigan, Lake Michigan randomly. Um, but I think, you know, obviously my first love is Southern California. My aesthetic works for Southern California. So that is where a majority of our projects are, yes. And what are some of the projects you're currently working on? Mostly, uh, every, most everything is in Southern California. Uh, we currently do, though, have a gorgeous home in Mammoth Lakes that is happening. It's the largest home ever being built in Mammoth Lakes. Um, you can see it if you're a skier there. It's the talk of the town right now. Um, <laughs> and then, 
Um, uh, most of what we do is new construction. So, mm -hmm. um, everything, you know, I am a, I grew up in Southern California. I am a beach girl. And so all those little beach shacks that I love, I'm actually helping tear down, which breaks my heart a little bit, but it's, it's part of, you know, what happens. Yeah. Growth. Yeah. That growth. Yes. And so, um, a lot of what, you know, what we do is we, we tear down those shacks and we build the monstrosities, but we try to make them beautiful. So I'm mm -hmm. helping try to make them not McMansions, right? We're trying to make them beautiful and, um, you know, we're trying to do our best. So, so lots of, lots of Southern California, Manhattan beach, um, and, and new construction and then a lot of large scale remodels. So a lot of that Mediterranean business that was happening mm -hmm. in like the eighties and nineties, we're trying to take those and instead of totally tearing them down, we're right. trying to like 90% got them and make them like a Spanish revival somehow. So that's been always interesting. We're working on that. Calling those like Spanifornias. <laughs> Spanifornias. So, yeah, hey, that's a new that term. coin yeah. term. <laughs> yeah. So we're, we're doing a lot of that instead of really gutting them and mm -hmm. trying to do as much as we can with that. Yeah. What are some of the current interior design trends that you find particularly exciting or interesting and which ones you just like, uh, again? I mean, yeah, I feel like all <laughs> trends, I'm like, ugh. Um, no, I think I'm always leaning toward, like, classic. Anything that you're, like, sticking to your house, I feel like I try to be as classic as possible, right? Like, the mm -hmm. barn door, I just want to be like, no. Right? I did it, right? But, like, yeah. as I get older and, and our clients are investing more money in their interiors, I'm trying to stay as classic as possible with the materials and, you know, as people are investing more money, I'm leaning always toward real marbles, right? Mm -hmm. People are like, oh my God, but wine. And I'm like, have you ever been to Italy? Like, hello, it's all still standing. It all yeah. looks incredible, right? Yeah. Um, so, you know, stay away from the cat litter, like quartz, please. Like if it's sparkling on your countertops, like it's gross. Um, you know, <laughs> people deliver us samples and I'm like, oh my God, it looks like cat litter. Please throw it away. Um, you know, those kind of things drive me nuts. Um, I would say the fake wood floor tiles, stop mm. it right now with that. Um, it's not wood floor. If it looks like a picture of marble, please just stop. Just do something else. Do like a solid quartz or something. There's so many great things out there that if you don't have the budget for those items, it's better not to fake it. Like right. if I don't have the money for a Gucci bag, I would rather not wear a fake Gucci bag. I'd rather find a cool vintage something or a cool bag from Target that just looks cool instead of mm -hmm. a knockoff, right? right? So I think... That's how I feel about interior design too. Like don't do a picture of marble. Just don't, just do something else. Do a something butcher else, block yeah. or wood or, or something, right? Um, and then as far as the trends go, I mean, I don't know. Like I think pastel paint colors just out. Just don't do it. Just never go that part of the paint deck. Um, I think contrast is great. So if you're open to doing deeper paint colors, um, that's wonderful. I don't think those ever go out of style. Like if you go to Europe, like they're always using great paint colors there. They're always mm. on that bottom half of the paint deck there and they're not scared. Right, um, right. I don't know why Americans are always like up at the top in like the Easter part of the paint deck. Um, so we should go down. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, it's more classic at the bottom of the paint deck, I think. Uh -huh. um, yeah, so I just think like 
classic and please invest in art like please no more home goods art like I would rather that you frame pictures that your kids drew or like don't buy the home goods art buy original art it find like small artists I'm really big on art like I think that a home is not finished without art and I think people don't people are scared to buy art right. and so right. it's important to me that people it's like people have a Porsche in the driveway and then they don't have any art in their house and I'm like what is going on you know so like <laughs> it's weird where people's priorities are so please buy some art or buy some you know just Etsy like there's so many sources now with the internet right exactly like, so people should buy art and find small artists and support that trade it's wonderful oh well, there's plenty of art shows around the country you totally. know small town big town yeah, art and art festivals so like you can right. find things at flea markets and get a frame at target and like reframe it i just think you know there's so much yucky art when you go to those you know mass produced places mm -hmm. you can find so much more so many more interesting interesting things you don't have to have live laugh love on your wall you don't have to have like we eat here. Like, we know you eat here. It's the dining room. You can just get a piece of art on your wall that is really interesting. So, right, right. do that. Yes. <laughs> well said. Yeah. Um, so, when you start a project and you're working with a client, um, and if they don't give you the Pinterest and, you know, no yeah. collaboration, how does that process react? What's some of the reactions that you've gotten? You've like, oh my gosh, I, that this is this is it. You know, this is fantastic. This is like the glory that you were so surprised that the reaction was over, over exaggerated or over expounded in, than what you ex, your expectations were. Does that make sense? Like if they liked it or they hated it? I know they, well, if you want to say hated, yeah, but I'm going for more than positive. Like, <laughs> we've had both. I mean, it's happened before, you know, I don't, right. I, I love to be honest, right? Because I don't want people to think that I feel like with social media and stuff, people tend to shy away from like any sad times or you know mm -hmm. being honest like you see follow a lot of creatives that are like oh my god everything's perfect and if anything bad happens to me i'm gonna pretend like it never did right we've right. definitely had you know it doesn't happen all the time but we've you know we've definitely had times where we've missed the mark on things right um but uh, yes p when you do the presentation and you you have to kind of listen like you have to right. be a good people reader when you're mm -hmm. when you're when you're meeting with clients and when they are giving you maybe they're giving you some inspiration or maybe they're telling you you had a past project that they really loved right maybe she's telling you i liked this project and he's telling you well, i actually like this project and you're like oh shit those are two totally different projects <laughs> but I see that he liked this parts of this project and she liked this parts. And what that really tells me is that he's more of this person. Like, so you have to like read what they're actually saying mm -hmm. and then you have to listen. And so you have to be like a therapist and a people reader and you have to study their microaggressions when you say things. Right. So right. it's a lot of reading, you know, their faces. And, um, and so when you do these presentations, you know, you can tell right away when we are presenting the boards, I can tell from like the first five minutes whether they love it or not. And I always mm -hmm. tell the team, sometimes for, we call them regular people, right? Our clients, because they are regular. They're not creatives, right. right? Right. So I always say, when you're presenting these design concepts to regular people, when you put it on the design board, because we use regular design boards, we don't do um, like 3D things. We do mm -hmm. it the old school way where they can touch the samples and feel the fabrics and the stones. It's a lot about how you're presenting it, right? When you lift off that cover for that room, 
how does it feel? Like, are, they should go like this. Oh, <gasps> yay, right? Like, right. and sometimes that's not exactly a direct representation of what the room is exactly going to look like, right? Mm-hmm. But is it going to feel incredible for them? It's like a show, right? Mm-hmm. So, so like, if I showed them exactly what the room is going to look like, it's really not all that exciting because... It's n- but that's not what it's going to feel like when they walk in. It's going to be incredible. Right. So it's almost like a presentation is a show. And so it's really about that, right? It's about being, um, it's about like a show that you're putting on for them. And it's, you're presenting. And so mm-hmm. like my team will be like, but that marble looks a little different than the huge slab. And I'm like, right, but it's a good enough representation in a small piece that will show them what that will feel like. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's, it's, it's a game almost of how to show these regular people how this whole room will feel. And, right. um, it's a, it's a weird thing that you learn as you do this a lot. And mm-hmm. when you do, if you actually directly represent the room, they will hate it. Right. So if true. You, right. Yeah, I like get it. if yeah. I just put on the chair and the fabric and then the actual slab and like, and I, and I put it in front of them, they'll be like, Okay, but if I mock up a board and make it all fabulous and, you know, it's it's a totally different ballgame. So it's a really interesting um, concept of, you know, you're, you're acting, you're presenting, you're, you're putting on a show for them. And part of that is what they're paying for is, mm-hmm. you know, wow me with my new house. And it's all true, but it's right. how you're, you're showing them what it will look like. Right, right. Be reactionary without... It's the the preview. It's not the full movie right. with the curtains drawn. It's a preview. It's snippets. right. And I mean, imagine if the trailer didn't have all that for the movie. Didn't have all that music and the the chopping up. Like you know, you show them the best parts, right? Like mm-hmm. in the trailer, they don't just show you the first ten seconds of the movie. They show you the best parts, and that's exactly. what we're doing. Is yeah. we're showing them the best parts of, and maybe the. The wallpaper is only going to go in a little bit of the room, but it's so good. I'm showing a big piece of the wallpaper. So <laughs> that's how we do it. Uh, you know, get them excited. What are your, what are some of the mistakes that you think uh, new designers perform uh, that they're not being taught in school? And it's just the mistakes that, you know, the continually being done over and over again. Well, I say it all the time, even with the girls who come to work for me out of school or from other mm-hmm. firms. Um it's the lack of, of confidence and the lack of, um, you know, even like I was just saying at, at my office the other day, why do you think people like Coach Prime if you follow football, right? Like, why is Colorado the biggest ticket right now? He's not a better coach than anyone else, but he's confident, right? Mm-hmm. And it's because when the client says, uh, don't you think we should do this? And then the designer says, oh, that's a good idea. Uh, no, it's not like what? That's not a good. No, no. I give the good ideas. You don't right. give any good ideas. I am the one with. I am the good idea giver. Okay, so it's it's that I drive the bus always. Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm the bus driver. You cannot pick a hand towel without calling me. That is how this <laughs> works. Okay, and you know we say it in a joking way, and we always have this great relationship with our clients. But I am always in charge, and that is why you hired me. Um. And I think that if your clients kind of know that and you ingrain that in them, then when they're working with you, they can't live without you. Mm-hmm. And if they buy one house or they buy 10 houses, when people say like, oh, the, this designer stole my client, no one's ever stolen my clients. 
Right. Because they can't be stolen. Because I'm valuable to them. So, you know, they're on vacation. They're like FaceTime me. be like, do you like this piece of art? And I'm like, no. So, you know, <laughs> love you, but no. Oh, that one's nice, though. You should get that one, right? Like, so So I think it's that, it's that confidence of, you know, um, that like we're doing this, we're working together, but mm-hmm. that I'm in charge and we make the decisions, we're driving the bus and, you know, your input is, is incredible. We let, you know, obviously there's certain things that like where I tell my client, like, I'm not going to go to bat over this. If you want, you know, for your son's room, whatever tile he likes, his colors or whatever, he can come mm-hmm. and pick the vanity color. You know, I'm not going to be a jerk, but then there's certain things that like I am going to go to bat over that I think are really important and that you should listen to my expertise because I am an expert at this. You, however, are a cardiac surgeon. So that's what you're an expert at. And I would never question you, right? So that's why we're doing these things that we're good at. So I think if you're reminding them, if you waver, they'll never trust you. So Mm -hmm. you can't waver. And I think that's what new designers, um, when they're doing their presentations, when they're at job site meetings, you can't waver in front of the architect, can't waver in front of the contractor, especially if you're a woman. Um, You know, you have to make sure you know your stuff and you do know your stuff. So why would you waver? I think that's a lot of the the biggest um, problems with the new designers is I'm always like, yeah, of course. And even if I don't know, I write it down and Google it later, you know. So Mm -hmm. um, it's just being assertive and confident goes a long way, I think. You talked about the color wheel and bringing down the color, not the Easter egg (laughs) colors. Uh, (laughs) Is there any um, favorite design materials or elements that you consistently gravitate to that you just feel that really need to be a part of a project uh, color i mean i just feel like for so long we've just been in this like white and beige and oak mm-hmm. ball of sadness um <laughs> i love color i love vintage i love using vintage rugs i love using textiles from other countries other eras i love using original art um so I think design should be fun, mm-hmm. right? I think it should tell a story of people who live there. I think it should be different from your neighbor. So I think, um, you know, I just think that your home should be should be unique and curated and interesting. So I think whatever that means to you, right, or um, for your space, um, that's important. And mm-hmm. so I think, you know, again, like, I, I always am using warm woods. I'm using, you know, wool. Obviously, I love carpets. I love, um, you know, textiles. I love, uh, of course, art. Um, and I love real marble. Like, the busier, the more interesting, the better. Um, mm-hmm. Stone is a great way to, um, to infuse character, pattern. I think people are afraid they're like I might get tired of it and like or your house could be boring and then it's right. sad you know like just get t- you don't get tired of it I come home in my I have gallery walls everywhere nobody ever comes into my house and I'm like oh I'm so tired of this they're like wow your house is so cool like right it's not I don't get tired of how interesting my house is right you can change it all up you know but I think it's better than being like oh god all my white walls are just like boring and sad you know? <laughs> Is there other crucial elements or critical elements that you foresee being an important factor besides color and materials? I think, I think planning, right? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I think a lot of designers don't, they design like in a vacuum, right? Like, so we always talk about this, you know, with new designers, they're like, okay, I'm going to pick 
tile today mm-hmm. with my client. And then the client's like, okay, or the contractor's like, I'm ready for lighting. And they're like, okay, I guess we have to pick lighting. And you're like, okay, but you already picked the tile. Like you have to design everything all at once, right? Because you're like, oh, I wish I would have picked the hardware before I picked the light and now I bought the light. But you can't, you got to design it all at once because it yeah. all works together. So right. I think all, everything is crucial. You got to, you know, everything plays together in the space. Um, when it comes to those hard materials and everything, we say everything that sticks to the house, if you shook it, that all has to be de- be designed together because it all mm-hmm. plays off each other. So I think that's another, we call it like a rookie mistake, right? Is thinking that those things don't have to be designed together. Um, they do. And then we even design like the art and the hardware and the you know, cabinet hardware, the bath accessories, like the towel holders, the paint cabinet design, the cabinet color, like all those things. They all have to be designed together in a bathroom or kitchen or something like that. Um, and so I think, you know, to say one of those materials is more important than the other, they all just have such equal pull and they can all be interesting. I remember when I first started out, I was like, oh, I'm not going to be able to do anything interesting until I get like these big projects because if I'm just designing like a kitchen or a bathroom, like I can't do anything cool Mm. because it's not enough, right? And the truth is that like you can do so much with like a powder room or or a single kitchen or an office space. So like no excuses, right? You just take that powder room and you kick that powder room's ass and you do whatever you can to make it rad. And then you get that powder room in Architectural Digest and you'd be like, yeah, I did it because you can do that, you know? Right. So like that project that you have right now is the project at hand. So like make that project your best project because that project will get you that big project. So for those designers that are saying like, I'm waiting to do my best work to when I get that big project, like this project will get you that big project. So, you know, the time is now to showcase your skills and that's how you'll get those big projects. Every project should be your best project in every aspect in every room. Every day. Every day. (laughs) (laughs) So what else is going on with Kate Lester? What else is on your horizon? I mean, everything. I'll sleep when I'm dead. Um, (laughs) So right now, I mean, we we do have a rug line with uh, Jaipur Living that we launched, I think it was two years ago, Mm -hmm. which is incredible. It's doing really well today. I just found out it got picked up by Bloomingdale's, so that's great. Wow, congrats. Mama's at Bloomies, which is wonderful. (laughs) Um, And... Um, we have our two retail stores, which is, which is wonderful. The retail world is, is something new that I never thought I would get into, but here, you know, here we go. And, um, and then, you know, we're, we're, I'm really passionate about the business world of design. So I think in the next year or two, we may move into the space of like mentoring or something like that. I'm not sure yet, but we, you know, it is something I get asked a lot because they do a lot of speaking Mm-hmm. And I am passionate about, you know, teaching designers how to be more successful. Um, so that is something as well as maybe more product lines that I can't really talk about yet. And then um, I don't know. I want to I want a book. So if you're a publisher, like call me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. So, you know, just the, the sky's the limit, I guess, if there's any more hours in the day. I also have a family, too, I think. I never see them. But I do have a They're somewhere, somewhere. They're somewhere. They live here, too. Yes. So what is it? You mentioned uh, teaching new designers about business. What is it that you, you think is an important factor that through your experience and knowledge that you could express and tell them? You know, I think that when I first came into the design world, it was almost like shameful to talk about making money because 
or creatives, right? And it's supposed to be mm -hmm. about the art, right? It's supposed to be about like getting published and and you're not really supposed to talk about it. You're just supposed to like have a nice house and drive a nice car, but you're not really supposed to talk about like how you make all this money, right? right. And then what I sort of learned was that a lot of designers were overextended and they were like maxed out and they weren't all like as profitable as I thought they were. Mm -hmm. And they were struggling. And in 2008, I learned that like a lot of designers went out of business or they, you know, did, weren't doing well. And, um, they weren't charging enough or they weren't charging correctly or some of them were passing on their discount. Um, and so I think that what I do when I do these conferences or I speak at these panels is I've learned that so many designers are not charging enough. They are, you know, they're either, you know, undercharging or they're charging incorrectly. I think, um, you know, they're, they're just leaving money on the table. Um, mm -hmm. and that's because there's just a lack of like a, I don't know, maybe they feel like they're not worth it or the clients have talked them out of being consistent with their charging. Um, I think that we need to elevate our industry and say we are worth it. We, we have a gift. Um, I think it is a gift. business. It's a business. <laughs> yeah. I have a gift that you don't. You do right. not know how to pick a pain color and I do, right? Um, and so I think it's all about say leveling up the industry as a whole and saying we are worth this, right? Mm -hmm. um, we are worth every hour that we're charging. We are not going to come to your house for dinner and pick your entire paint scheme. Um, you know, uh, I think that it's about you know, teaching designers that to be more professional, to know when to say no, to know how to, you know, how to say no, mm -hmm. to know how to turn down red flags, how to, you know, and how to say I might not be the right fit, all these things. And so I think um, I'm passionate about that. I'm passionate about teaching designers why not to pass on their discount, why, you know, that this is a business. This is not something, you know, why that will elevate the whole industry. Why actually doing those things will make everyone see you as more professional. It'll, it'll make your contractor, your, you know, pe the designers that are doing it are getting frustrated that people aren't respecting them. And you're like, right. well, you know, um, so I think that that's, you know, I think it's, it's important. And I think a lot of designers are looking for that. They're looking for a mentor. They're looking, and then there's a lot of gatekeeping happening, right? Mm -hmm. Where successful designers are saying like, I'm just super successful. Yay. <laughs> and you're like, oh my God, help people out. Right? Like, I think it's all about community over competition, right? Like I see my other designers that are being successful and I am so proud of them. And there is a circle of other designers that we are all like, go girl, go girl, you know? Mm -hmm. and, and I think that that is so important. And so I think it's about saying like, I can applaud you and by applauding you, that doesn't make me any less successful Correct. And by helping you that actually elevates our whole industry. That doesn't exactly. make me any, like I'm still me. You can copy my whole playbook, but you're not me. Right. Right. So right. helping you doesn't make me any, my candle burn any less bright. Right. It just makes us all look better. So I think that's really important to me. And again, it's a business. You have to make money. You got in this. Yes. For the creative aspect of it, but you can't do it for free. <laughs> Right. I can't tell you how many calls I get where they're like, well, this lady, she's going to do it for a flat fee of X amount of dollars. And I was like, well, good for her. Yeah. You know, and so that's, you know, if we elevate the whole industry, then we won't get those calls anymore. Right. right? Do you think um, the TV reality shows has Ugh. put a, a dent in it? And that I think people's perception 
that we are rag pickers, we are pillow fluffers, you know, that we don't go to school or we're not professionals. Do you think that's um, giving yes. us a hit, I guess? Yeah. yeah, but then I also think that, like, you know, sometimes I definitely see, sometimes I definitely see even, like, um, how do I say this nicely? Like, in my own, <laughs> <laughs> in my own area, I see, uh-huh. like, even my own maybe, like, direct competition sometimes like what is being presented or what is happening, you know, the levels are different, right. Of what, what is being provided is different. Mm -hmm. Right. So Mm -hmm. there isn't a straight across the board, just like attorneys, right. Your billboard attorney versus your, you know, like it's all different levels of what's being provided. Right. So there are some, like, it depends on what your client needs too. Like sometimes Mm -hmm. somebody needs a pillow fluffer. And by the way, a pillow fluffer is not a bad thing. Like sometimes it comes to me and they're like, Hey, I just need someone to help me style my living room. And I'm like, okay, like you do not need to be paying for me. Okay. And I will tell them, I'm like, Whoa, 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 slow your roll. Like this is not for me. So like one is not better or worse. They're very different jobs. Right. And I think the TV shows, I have done pilots for TV shows and that shit falls apart in 24 hours. Okay. So right, that is glue right. guns and staple guns and <laughs> none of that shit is real. Those people don't live together. They're not married. It's the producer's house. It's his backyard. Like none of that is real. Okay. So like, that's what people need to know. Right. Mm-hmm. That's all just, just like reality TV is just reality TV. Okay. So I think, but yes, telling people that you can do someone's living room for $500 is a joke. Um, yeah. So yes, I think people have a, you know, people have a, also like, it depends where you're living. Like in right. Minnesota, you can get a lot more than you can get in Southern California. So I think it just depends on your market as well. True, true. Um, tell me a little bit about your retail spaces. You have two locations. I do. Uh, yes, I needed retail stores. Like I needed a hole in the head. But <laughs> I, um, I had so much product in a warehouse that I would go, like I would go to flea markets or I'd travel and I would buy things. Mm-hmm. And finally, my bookkeeper was like, okay, uh, you know, people would ask if they could buy stuff on Instagram. I would be like, no. And my bookkeeper would be like, yes, you need to let people <laughs> buy these things. And I'd be like, no, I want to save it. What if I have a client? You know, and she's like, let people buy these things. So we finally found a, a space where we could have like half of it be the office. And then the other half we could open up as like a store and we could close the doors in between. Mm-hmm. And it just sort of worked. And people would come. Who knew? Um my accountant was like, well, even if they don't come, it's like a business card. And it turned out that like the first year was incredible and people came and they bought and my accountant had to like, you know, eat crow. And, um, it was like really successful. And then we had an online store, which did well and people could shop on Instagram now. And so, um, the stores are called Kate Lester home and you can shop katelesterhome.com. You can also shop on Instagram and, um, e-commerce is awesome, right? Because you can buy anywhere and, we do sell some of the vintage finds that, that I find, which is great because you don't have to dig through a flea market like I do. Right. And my fa- I drag my family, which I'm sure they love, um, at 6 a.m. on a Sunday. Um, <laughs> my daughter's like, every time I'm like, we're going to Long Beach. She's like, I hate Long Beach. Um, <laughs> and, you know, retail is so interesting because it's a different client, right, than mm-hmm. our luxury clients. So what's cool about the retail stores is a lot of the product that we buy is inspired by our projects but it's a lower price point so it's cool because it's almost like you can get a taste of what we're putting in these really high-end projects but it's sort of inspired by or it's you know a a piece or two that we've put in um you know pottery or something like that glassware 
And so you can get like a piece of what we've done for someone who's, you know, really high end, but mm -hmm. um, it's at a way more affordable price point. And that makes me happy because then it's like a little something for everyone. So just a off the wall question. What are the three top projects that you could say that are your legacy to date? Well, I would say my top legacy to date is my project that was in Architectural Digest. That was uh, Abby Waldock and Glennon Doyle's house. Not only because it was Architectural Digest, right? Because which is mm -hmm. like the Bible and the Grail. Like I can die right. now, right? But because <laughs> they are like the most amazing humans imaginable, right? Mm -hmm. Like You know, they have an amazing podcast. They are so wonderful and they, when they reached out to me they were like hi i don't know if you know who we are and i was like what the fuck are you talking about like you're glenn i have all your books you're out like what <laughs> you know it's like on instagram and it's like they were so nice you know they didn't have their people reach out or anything they just like dm'd me and i was just mm -hmm. like oh my god i'm sweating right now they were so cool and then um let's see uh and then I would say that the project that we're working on right now in Mammoth Lakes is incredible because it's like this really modern like James Bond house built into the side of a cliff. Mm. And our client is super cool, mellow guy that I went to USC. I didn't go to the same time as him, but he also went to USC. And he's just like a super, the family's amazing. I've already done one house with them and they are so down to earth and He's, he's like a regular person who didn't come from a lot of money. And so he just gives me a hard time anytime we're doing something expensive. <laughs> and But yet he's building this like incredible house. And so it's fun to work with people who, you know, he's like, well, I'm going to give you a hard time for 10 minutes. And then we're going to, you know, then I'm going to write you this check. And I'm like, okay, great. And he's like, but you have to listen to me for 10 minutes, complain about this. And I'm like, that's fine. I get it. So, you know, I think when you're doing these incredible projects that you know are going to like break the internet um, and that are just going to give you, you know, these, these great, uh, great exposure. And mm -hmm. it's, it's with Laney LA as the architect and he's so talented and his team is so talented. Um, it's just really different things that are, you know, that town is a mountain town. There's like cabins. I mean, this is a really incredible house that people are going to be talking about for mm -hmm. a long time. So I think those things are, are really great. Um, I don't know. It's just nice to, to do something just really big. Um, and where you don't, you know, there's like, my client's going to kill me for saying this, but there's like no budget and there, you know, like there is a budget, but you know, if you have reasoning, there's, there's right. a, you know, so you're really, you're at the top of your game and you're doing great things. And it's just so nice to be able to do the things you want to do and to lobby for the things that are going to make mm -hmm. the house great um, and not be budget driven. How about that? Correct. That's, yes. Yeah. That's what I mean. I don't mean there's no budget. Sorry about that. <laughs> I mean, there is a budget, budget but driven. it's not. Yeah. Yes. Um, what is it that you want to do that you haven't been asked yet to do? Um, what do I want to do? I guess I want a TV show, maybe. Yeah. But not you like sure? one of those five hundred dollars ones. Well, I mean, I do want to stay married, but um, my husband's like, no TV show. We might get divorced. Um, I, you know, I would love to do. What would I? I mean, I guess I would love like a, a, a product line at like Kohl's or Target or one of those really national companies. Like, I want to sell out. That's mm -hmm. really what I want to do so that I can retire. So <laughs> if you work for Kohl's or one of the other places that don't have, you know, um, a face, Kate Lester for Kohl's sounds good. So, hey. you know, I'm here for it. I'm here for a national chain to 
take me global so there that you go. I can hey. retire and, you know, I can sleep more a little bit. Call Kate now. Call Kate now. <laughs> Call me DM me and be like, hey, I took hey. all my DMs, as you know, from my story about Abby. Yep, yep. Well, Kate, is there anything else you want to add? Share with us? No, this has promote? been so fun. I love like these fireside chats that aren't really by a fire. <laughs> Not yet. Give us another month or two, maybe. I know, right? Never <laughs> for me, actually. It's never yeah, caught yeah. for a fire here. So in your own home, yes. being a designer and being a creative, do you switch it out consistently? Are, are you driving your family mad? Like, oh my gosh, this used to be the living room. Now it's a bedroom. I mean, is there anything that you, given that you had a retail, two retail spaces, yeah. I mean, do you switch out and kind of uh, shake the tree a little bit in your own uh, environment? You know what's funny is since I love like art and rugs, vintage rugs and stuff, mm -hmm. the only things that I will do is like, Sometimes we'll have these weird pieces like pottery or art, little pieces of art or sometimes like a vintage runner or something and I will get, I will take them and I will put them in people's houses if they're really cool and weird and I feel like they're the right fit for a bookcase or something. And my husband will be like, oh my God, where is that really cool? Like, you know, and I'll be like, oh my God, I sold it to, you know, John and he'll be like, what? I love that thing. And I was like, yeah, but it was so perfect for like this corner and it, and he's like, wait but we got that like together on the, and I was like, I know, but you know what? It was I, like, I have no <laughs> sentimentality to these objects because I know I will find something else very cool. Right. And I think that makes him sad because he'll be like, but I thought we, you know, um, or like weird art or things. I'll just, they'll be gone one day and he'll come up and be like, where was that little like mat in the landing? And I'm like, Oh, I had it cleaned. And then I took it and put it in, um, you know, they're landing at the beach house and he's like, wait, what? Like, and my daughter will be like, where did that go? You know? And so I, those are the things, but no, I don't spend a lot of time. We, we just had a photo shoot here because our house was featured in a magazine and only then did I put art on, like there was a wall that was empty in our house since we moved in. Um, and only then did I put some art on it and my whole family was like, oh wow, at least we're doing something here because Honestly, this is where like the old furniture goes to die because I'm so tired when I get home that I'm just like, no. So yeah. I think they were happy that we had a photo shoot because now the house looks nice. <laughs> <laughs> well, Kate, it's been a pleasure. Thank you yeah, so much for coming you. on the show today and continued success to you. And I look forward to seeing you again sometime. Thank you so much for having me. All right. Have a great All day. All right. You too. Okay. Bye.